Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Touchline. My name is Waragedi Popo, and tonight we get to talk about the Premier League, all the transfers that close tomorrow evening. We are yet to have another crazy day of transfers. We all know what's going to be happening. Kylian Mbappe to Real Madrid. Cristiano Ronaldo is back with so much to talk about, as well as the Bafana Bafana squad and the MTN8. With me tonight, I do have two beautiful gentlemen. To my left and to my right, I do have Mr. Vince underscore underscore 92. How are you? Hi. So welcome back. Hi, thank you. Thank you for the warm introduction. I always feel like it's Valentine's Day when you introduce me. So <laughs> good to see you, Bile. You were missed, man. And then also to my right, I do have at Dweezy Original. Welcome to Touchline, sir. Happy to be back again. Another week to talk privileged nonsense with all of you. In the same spot as last. Do you ever go home? Like, just quick no. question. This time it wasn't work. This time it was fitness. You know, trying to trying to stay fit in winter. So, okay, we keep those summer bodies. Hey, summer is yeah. up next, everybody. But here on Touchline, we are talking about the Premier League because this weekend there was so much action. Last week we made a joke about Arsenal not having a goal of the month for August, and apparently it seems to be the case because in the Premier League they are no in three, bottom of the table. Vince, I'm going to take this one to you because this is your former team. How do you see this one you panning know, out for Arteta and Arsenal? Do you know what? Let's just be honest, you guys. Like, I know, I, I know I profess that I've gone and found a new girlfriend in Manchester City. But when the wife is suffering, when the wife can't put the kid, can't take the kids to school, you're mm -hmm. sad. Like, and mm -hmm. Arsenal always be like, listen, three, three, three games, zero goals, nine conceded. And what mm. vexes me is the shots on target. I don't even have a stat shot on target, but we haven't scored a goal. Uh, almost next to nothing shots on target. The creativity mm. is just nowhere. It's just it's just appalling at this stage. Um, and you know, I, I don't know if anyone saw Mr. Uzel's tweet, and he, he was he kind of said, "Trust the process, bro." Trust heart. the process. What yeah. Process? What process? Because in the last three games, genuinely, it's been a woeful gutless mm. ignominious capitulation every area of the pitch literally Yo. the case of arsenal are, are just being dominated and it's, it's kind of a stage where you know when united and chelsea and liverpool and you know those the, the top clubs when they have conversations and they you know and they go and talk about the aspirations for season those those aren't the chats that arsenal can be involved in you know mm. they, they are serious teams like everton them that is essentially where we are the evertons of the world and i just don't know like the, the, the chatter and the talk right now is the fact that they're going to give Mikel Arteta until um, the October international break to go and see whether he can go and resurrect a team. But how can you resurrect a team that, you know, within three games, they still are, they're less, they're less of a triangle. They, they don't even have three points, you know? Mm. So uh, I, I, I don't know where to go with Arsenal because we, they've invested so much in the youth right now that I just, the yeah. leadership that we have on the pitch the captain that I believe, I, I, you know how you have a, your your theoretical captain of Amiyang, but the captain of that mm -hmm. team is Granit Xhaka. And if your captain, Granit Xhaka, is still not learning from past mistakes and getting red cards, just, yeah. just a little bit bad, man. 
it is a little bit sad because, I mean, that was Granit Xhaka's fourth red card in Arsenal colours. And it comes in the similar manner. He is always trying to get at the referees. But, Dwayne, I want to bring you into this conversation because after the game, um, Pep Guardiola even tried to defend Arteta by saying, you know, he doesn't have a full squad. And, you know, there's so many things we probably don't understand and see. But what we are seeing is a team that is not trying. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's Guardiola. It's like, you, you, know when you, you know when you go to the club... And, mm-hmm. and your mate has a little bit too much to drink and starts acting silly. And then you will still defend him to everyone who asks why he was behaving that way. You'll still say, ah, no, listen, you know, this excuse, that excuse, this excuse. Mm. The, the problem is, and it, it's gone past the point, we talk about just these three games this season. We're not talking mm. about the second half of last season where Mikhail Teto mm. was already out of ideas. He yes. already lost plot, he's already lost control. And when I say he's lost control, it's not like we're talking with Maurizio Saris or we're talking about Antonio Conte where they have beef with one player and then there's a, mm. like a dip in form. We're talking this man does not have control of that dressing room to start mm. with. He doesn't know how to motivate people like Lacazette. He doesn't know how to motivate Aubameyang. He doesn't know how to bring the best out of Bukayo Sakwa. He doesn't know how to tell Lukonga even to learn from Granit Xhaka or just, you know, grow in those kinds of ways. He's got absolutely no defensive organization. I think probably one of the worst transfers Arsenal made this season was I think they got rid of one of their defensive coastal and assistant manager who's been at the mm-hmm. club for, for, for days for when Arsenal... For decades! Yeah. And they got rid of him as well. And it's just, it's, it's come to the point where next Premier League fixture when it's Arsenal-Norwich, it's a relegation battle. And I see a score. <laughs> Already. I, 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 I agree with Vince. We, we've watched them play against Brentford. We've watched them play against Chelsea. We've watched them play against Man City. And maybe you say against Chelsea, Man City, they're not likely to create as many opportunities. But you have to create one or two opportunities. Mm. There has to be mm-hmm. something for, for the fans to cheer about. And the fans haven't been cheering. So you've got yeah. nothing left. The mere fact that literally in, 50, in 15 to 20 minutes, we've conceded two goals and the crowd is chanting, you're not special. We lose every week. We How lose is every that week. coming from Arsenal fans? Literally. It reminds me yeah. of that season where, where Arsenal was just getting battered 6 nils by the locals of the world. Getting They were calling us 6 in the city, you know? But just it's, it's, <laughs> it's just embarrassing now. For me, I, I think the difference is that, and I know we're going to chat about this game a little bit later, but you look at how a Chelsea team gets a red card against mm. an imperious Liverpool team. And yet they're at Anfield. And, and they're able at Anfield, and they're literally mm. able to regiment and essentially play football the, the tough mm. way, but the effective way. And how yeah. how Arsenal can just lie down, you know? And uh, for me, it really and they talk about how when uh, when Arteta came, he was an incredible tactician. What uh, what what Arteta has done since he's come in, he's absolutely stripped the club, in my personal opinion. The players that were there, um, that were. You know that, that the Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal fans essentially loved. He's gotten rid of so many of those. Essentially, even even Arsenal mm. fans from staff. You know, he's gotten rid of so many of those. Essentially, he's got no one to kind of like lean on now because essentially it's just his team. Yeah, there. and he's, he's, also, he's almost tried to have like a an Arsenal Vega kind of effect. And I think I'm thinking to myself, but you. But I want to I want to add there, Vince. You, yeah, he, he's not only stripped backroom staff players from the club. Every club we know has a philosophy in football. Yeah. And all of us who've been watching since the Invincible mm. days, I mean, I've been watching the Premier League since 03. 
we know how Arsenal used to set up. It's quick football. It's a little bit of a wet pitch. It's, 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 they were always called like England's Barcelona. It was always somewhat yeah. of a tick-tock of football, flair football, mm. all that kind of thing. We think of Burnley, we know their philosophy. We think of Tottenham, yeah. we know their philosophy. We think of United, City, Chelsea, we know their philosophy of football. Arsenal doesn't yeah. even have a philosophy at this point. Mm. They just, they're looking for someone who's free. No one's ever they just free. go play. They don't play the ball and they just pass it left and right, left and right. Left you know what right. actually almost reminds me of? You remember when... When Louis van Gaal, and I know Louis van Gaal had great players at United. Remember when he came into United and he literally, he really played those, that, that slow, slow football. And he essentially yeah. relied on, on the bag, yeah. The goals. That's essentially what Arteta almost reminds me of. I, I, I feel like they overcomplicate the situation. And remember, Louis van Gaal was also very decorated before that. But everything is slow and, you know, you think to yourself, man, this is not the Arsenal that I essentially grew up supporting. And it's, it's just mm-hmm. so sad. But yeah. Oh, and... You know, when you said that they're going to keep him until, you know, the next um, international um, period, which is in October, Lord knows where Arsenal is going to be at that period in time and how far, you know, how far gone are they going to be by Mm. October? Um, Mm. And, you know, the season ends in May. So, um, so much more to talk about with regards to Arsenal. But that was Man City and Arsenal. Man City beating Arsenal 5-0 at the Etihad and some of the other results in there. West Ham against Crystal Palace 2-0. Burnley and Leeds 2-1-0. And then also the Wolves and Manchester United game because that was also another controversial game this past weekend. I think all of us were probably just hoping Wolves do some sort of victory or even just hold them to another draw. But that did not happen. Vince, I'm going to ask you. Was there a foul in the build-up to Mason Greenwood's goal? <laughs> the contact is there. His shin pad literally moved from his foot to the right. And what irritates me is that just because Ruben Neves didn't run around, you know, and, and sit there... And scream his head off. Screaming mm. like what a Bruno Fernandes would go and do, then mm-hmm. you don't get the foul. And that's the argument that players go and have, is that in when I'm in the penalty box... Should I go and like roll around like a pony before you give me the decision? And if the VAR mm. is there, if the VAR is there, why not go have a look at the VAR? And my issue yeah. is, is even when they go and have a look at the VAR. And they look at I'll a still. The, yeah, the referees look at a still and they don't look at the motion. And that same issue mm. we had, remember with the Reese James arm? Don't yeah. look at the still. Go and look at the motion of it and see how the shim pad moved. Because you look at that, you think one pop this foot is high. Two, he's hitting the shim, the shim pads. Imagine if that was a Jack Grealish per se who wears his shim pads like very down low. You know, I, mm. I, yeah, it, it's inconsistency. And couple that with the fact that when it happened on the other end, they wouldn't keep the ball it wasn't out. given. You know, yeah, yeah. I, it, for me, like you know how they say, you know, they, they, there's no rules in this game. There's rules in this game, man. It's and this is why I chastise that club so much. It's just when it suits them. <laughs> Their agenda must always go and work. But when it's, yes. when it's against someone else, then all of a sudden now we're going to go and, uh, you know, wash wool of our eyes. And that's my issue. That's my issue. Mm. As you saw, I was having a little Twitter rant this morning about it as well. So, yeah, it's always when it suits that yeah, the, the Manchester City team. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Dweezy, I want to bring this chat to you because, I mean, with Wolves, they are in a similar situation such as, you know, Arsenal in the sense of, you know, the goals aren't coming, but they're also the team that creates the most or has created the most so far this season. But it doesn't seem to be going into the back of the net. What do you think Wolves need to be doing a little bit differently? Obviously, with this past weekend, we all know that, you know, there's a little bit of controversy there where they could have gotten a point, but they didn't. What can they now do to make sure they don't end up in the Arsenal situation? 
Yeah, I think Wolves, Wolves have been unlucky this season. Um, mm. I, I think even last the, season, to be honest. Yeah. To be honest, even last season, a lot of the VAR went against that team. Yeah, so I think I think Wolves is following the same trajectory of them being a little bit unlucky. Um, I like this Wolves side. I've always liked this Wolves side. I think the new managers brought in something a little bit different. I just think they have they have a problem up front with confidence. And it's not because they don't have quality players. I think Raul Jimenez coming back from an extended injury to the head, mm. um, it takes it takes a little bit of getting yourself used to. I mean, for example, and I'm not trying to compare myself to a pro player, but even when I just play five-a-side football, I've had a knee ligament injury. Whenever it gets a little bit rattled, the next game where I play with that rattled knee, it's always like I'm nervous, I'm worried where yeah. I'm stepping, I'm yeah. concerned, am I going to run into something? Is it going to get worse? There's that anxiety yeah. when you play. With someone with a head injury like that who's who knows that the next blow to that head could be fatal, could be life-threatening. Um, mm. It's going to be, it's, it's gonna be a, a lot of time before he, he starts throwing himself at the balls like he used to, before he starts moving the same way he used to. I think they're still trying to fill the void of Diego Jota. When he left, he left a very big scoring gap. Big gap, they yes. They yes. haven't got a Fabio Silva from that, that young player into his flair, into what he should be. Mm. And Adama Traore, as much as the man can run past any player, run through any player, Run probably Finishing underneath. is an yeah. issue. Um, he's terrible when it comes to being clinical. The final pass, the final yeah. goal. Um, and as soon as the rules just sorts that out, as soon as they they just, I don't know, take him one day, put a shock wrist around his race into center, shoot at goals and shock it into him or something. The same thing must happen to Timo. We've been talking about that for like two seasons, bro. We were literally waiting for Damatriari to come to come to the to fold, spark to life final product mm. for two seasons literally yeah and, and, and you see it during the games as well especially yesterday you could literally see mm. every single time they move the ball to that guy the united the, the united players are absolutely terrified they don't know what to do Sure on the floor you know like what more should that guy do to his game to go and I, get him to punish that final product i i think i think he's got a similar problem to werner him and him and timo have got a lot of pace they don't they, they have some skill to beat a player but I just, I think they waste a lot of their thought and energy and they play, they play that look like they panic. It's almost like some of Usmani Debele at Barcelona. They do too much and then when they get to the final <laughs> they run out of ideas. I, I'm, I would see, I would rather have Adama Traor playing down the middle just behind Raul Jimenez, where he doesn't yes, have to as a ten. run yes. to a ball and whack it. Because we've seen before last season when he did score his goals, they were always from mm. out wide, he got one pass, took a touch and hit it. He didn't have to think, mm. he just did what came natural to him, he put it in the back yeah. of the net. I think now they're asking him to be a Lionel Messi in that side, and he he runs his battery out, and then he's got nothing left to give. Yeah. Maybe that's why Barcelona is trying to get him, you know, in, in their books because they've been trying to sign him and Wolves seems to be hanging on to him. But besides, obviously, Wolves game, I want to um, get your opinion on how Man United play, even though they did get the controversial goal. Yeah. What, were they playing to their best? I said it, I said it last week where I said Man United came um, and they hoodwinked everyone in the league to thinking they're going to be champions by having mm -hmm. a good game. And then they had their second match where they hit the draw and, oh, that's draw, yeah. and now it's this match where they did not deserve all three points and mm. you can't say that the team like we always made those arguments oh the team that wins one nil or the team that gets a lucky win that's a championship winning side man united mm. is not a championship winning side bruno fernandez sucks during the game he was absolutely nowhere against wolves and apart from that i think bruno is very up and down i i think he's up and down i think sanchez is uh, sancho's up and down I think Pogba's shown that he's also going to be up and down. But their biggest issue is that they struggle in defense and then they struggle to get that ball from the defense to the midfield. 
and then it's a shambles. Fred this season is probably one of the worst. <laughs> I, I was waiting for that. I have never seen a worse CDM. And that's since like like Fernando days when they tried to play him <laughs> with Fernandinho City. It's just bad. It's just so bad. This United squad just and I don't know what Ronaldo's gonna change. Like he's just gonna take the focus away. I think Mason what? Greenwood should be playing in and out every week. I really think Mason Greenwood should be playing in and out every week. He's shown quality this season. And yeah. they should they just don't trust him with the ball. He's scoring goals where he's not the focal point. He's just picking up the mm. pieces. And you take him out of that equation, they make Ronaldo the focal point. Pogba loses his flair, loses who he can just distribute the ball randomly to. Fernand is just gonna be sending the ball to Ronaldo hopelessly. And then what does everyone else in that squad do? Like, it's it just, nothing clicks right now in the United squad for me. Oh, I mean, I think Mr. Vince underscore underscore 92 wants to say something about that because he seems to be in disagreement with some of the points that you raised. I, I just think it's very, like United fans are just serious shifty culture, man. Your team is serious shifty <laughs> culture. You have a one Bissaka you bought for 55 million. That's your right back. You've got your two center backs that have cost you both in excess of 50 million each. You got your left back who you bought for 35 million, which in today's terms would probably be about 55 million. You got your keeper who you bought for who you know what in 2010. You got Paul Pogba who cost you 90. You got Bruno who cost you 45. You have Fred who cost you 47.5. You've got Sancho oh. who cost you almost 100. You've got Cavani who cost you was it 35. So have you realized that almost every player that I've brought in now is your starting is your starting 11 player and they've all cost you in excess of 50 million. And if you're telling me that every player in your starting 11 that costs you in excess of 50 million is not a team that can literally dominate a, a wolf side, one, or two, does not does not challenge for a league, especially when I'm bringing in one of the mm. greatest, arguably one of the greatest yeah. players of all time, to come in and fill mm. a void over there, where I'm only listing one academy player that's played on the right there in Greenwood and maybe there'll be Rashford, and you're telling me that that you're gonna win the league. What the that. hell have you guys been doing for two seasons then? Because these are players. I mean, it's actually technically three, and Oli has spent almost seven hundred and sixty million rand since he got yeah. there with no trophy to show for it. It's the audacity. No trophy. It, it, it's the audacity for me, Bile. Because I'll go. I'll go as recent as Mourinho days. These guys mm. went and bought in one in one transfer window. One transfer. They haven't come dead telling me that they didn't have quality players. In one transfer window, they went and bought the French player of the year in Zlatan Ibrahimovic. They went and bought the Italian player of the year in Paul Pogba. They went and bought the German player of the year in Henrik Mkhitaryan. And they still mm. want to come to me three years later and tell me that, no, listen, this United squad is bad. And in the past two seasons, they've gone and bought a right back, a center back, a center back, a midfielder. A fridge yeah, in the back. But now they want to come and tell me that, no, we can't go and win the league and we can't change the league because of one player in Fred, who they were absolutely hauling last year, saying he's one of the best players in the team. And now all of a sudden he gets dominated by one Wolves player. And now United aren't going to change the league. He's trash. absolutely preposterous. We, and you guys have been hoodwinked and you guys vex everybody because every single time it's shifty culture with you guys because it's just never, mm. ever enough. You go and say Manchester City are the ones that are spoiling the league. They buy every yes, single the blah, 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 blah. But essentially, yeah. you guys, you can't go and pretend to go and be the prey if every single time you guys are, in fact, the predators. You are. And mm. you know what? My problem there is it's, it's United, and I agree with you. I, I can't, I've literally muted United fans on Twitter because I can't stand seeing tweets anymore about them. It's because they, they have this transfer policy as well 
which I still personally agree ruins players whenever they go there. It ruined Alexis Sanchez. It ruined Henrik Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan. It ruined at the moment, who was one of the most talented. Literally, he's the position that Fred's in right now. And you don't let him try and solve your fucking problems because you mm. still try to eliminate they, they, the loudest. They're the loudest. They're the loudest. <laughs> they're the loudest. I just, I, I, I cherish the moments when they go through misery. I honestly wish that Arsenal was where Manu is now and Manu was at the bottom of the log because that would be the day where I would support every, I would support Norwich until I would buy Norwich shirts. Yeah, that's it. But my question is now, my question, sorry if we let you go ahead and like, you know, borrow the con from you. But now, since the, the Blazers have now essentially done this business, they've gone and brought in Sancho for you. They've gone and done, mm-hmm. brought in Rafael for you. And they've gone and brought in one of the biggest players in Man United's history in Cristiano Ronaldo. Because you guys were busy chanting the Blazers out last season. Has has the business that they've done over this transfer window now, has that now kind of muted, you know, your calls for the for them to sell United? Have the Blazers won you guys over as a fan base? Or have they kind of like hushed you guys for half a season? Because I know you United fans, they get hushed for half a season and you guys come back mm. and complain about something else. So until January, when you guys find something else to complain about, have they hushed you up now? That's all I'm saying. They have. Nah. <laughs> and that's nah. exactly my point. That's exactly how why the Blazers will never ever sell Man United because every single time they kind of just pay for the cracks for you guys, you guys fall for this. And you know what? They're giving you exactly what you're asking for. And that's why mm-hmm. United is a club that's that's why I would almost say if the Blazers didn't have as much money as they do, that their club is essentially gonna or United might actually become a Barcelona because of how just terribly mismanaged you guys managed. Are. You guys yeah. didn't have the commercial revenue. And you weren't the biggest club in the world commercially. <laughs> oh my goodness. Worst. My lord. My god, we need to just give you a whole episode where you just rant about Manchester United. To wrap up the Premier League. To wrap up the Premier League chat, I want to talk about the biggest game of the weekend. That is the Liverpool and Chelsea game. Vince, you've already mentioned the red card mm-hmm. in Vs James Day. We talked about VAR, but no lie. If that was Frank Lampard's Chelsea, we would have been chowed 5-0 by Liverpool because they kept coming. And that's how Edward Mundy managed to get six saves and the man of the match in that in that game. How did you find that game? And what do you see for Chelsea this season? Because that performance has downright said to them, that is a team that Thomas Tuchel said, we're building a team that nobody wants to play. Yeah, honestly, I look at... And it's the difference. I think when, when Lampard came in last year, it was a team with potential. But mm. what Thomas Tuchel has been able to do, and you know what, that's what winning culture does. It literally regiments in your head that every single game that you got out there to go and play, you definitely don't, you aren't even thinking you're going to go and lose. This mm. Liverpool side with Virgil van Dijk, give it even two seasons ago, if you got a red card against Liverpool, pack it up. You know you're going to shoot goals with Mo Salah, with, um, mm. um, what's it, money and everyone running with, right. And now Jota as well. Well, now Jota as well at the fall. What I was, and I, I, wanna, I, was, I was very late, and we, we've spoken about the, the decision-making regarding that penalty. I obviously wish that, you know, the, the, the conversation or the, 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 the decision-making went differently. You know, if, mm. if you are going to award the penalty, don't give the red card. I just feel like it's the red card, yeah. I've always been against that. 
And also, I think I even watched the Klopp interview afterwards. I would go and argue that if there were 11 Chelsea players on the pitch, that Liverpool actually stood a better chance of winning that game. Do you know that? Mm. And, mm. and every single time, these things, they, they ruin the games as well. Because obviously now Chelsea are going to go into a hard comeback position. Um, which they did. Going, which he immediately did. did, yeah. And brilliantly so. Brilliantly mm. so. That's how you organise a team. That is how people come to the fold. And just like the camaraderie for me, you know, you can see Lukaku's also, he's actually part of the group, you know, you can see that he's, he's brought that kind of mentality in there. And it's crazy how it's yeah. a, a player that was playing at, you know, the West Bombs of the world, he goes to United, he goes overseas, and then he comes back now as like a, a winner. Uh, mm. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Dweezy, how did you yeah. find the Chelsea performance? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with Vince. It's uh, and, and the thing that I also think is smart about that Lukaku transfer now, still even looking at it, and Vince brought it up now. They brought a, a player who just won Serie A, and they brought him in a team that just won the Champions League. So everyone's everyone's in the same mindset. Everyone, there's a, yeah, the winner mentality is very high there. Yeah, I think a lot of comments came in. They said, "Oh, Virgil Van Dijk and Joel Matip had Lukaku in." in the pockets the entire game. I don't think it's a fair assessment of how Lukaku plays. He wants to be in your pocket because he wants to distract the two centre-backs because even Jürgen Klopp alerted to it after the game. He said, as soon as we went that player down and we went back to our five with our two, three, just mm. in front of that five, and we were defending with, with let's say, seven, eight with a goalkeeper, um, mm. he said that it still left Liverpool vulnerable to the wing-backs joining whatever attack was left and mm. if you look back to the weeks and even our preseason, the people who have been scoring our goals, it's players like Reese James, it's players like Marcus Alonso coming in from the wide yeah, position. Yeah, as well. Yeah. It's, it's Mason Mount. And it's, it's Lukaku even showed in our in our first game, he plays that dummy ball really well to give it to someone mm. else. Where he just, he's, he's the focal point, but he's also a focal distraction. And yeah. like, I think Chelsea just really said, I think Klopp um, didn't have an answer to the defensive way that Tuchel knew he was going to set the team up. It could have been very easy for Tuchel to go to four to the back, um, keep, keep maybe four in the middle and just play with one up front. Um, mm. And then he would have had his 10 players somewhat attacking, but that's when we would have lost 4-0. That's what Arsenal did when they went a player down. Tuchel realised this is the wrong team to try and still get something right. out of this game with. Yeah. Bring Tuchel to keep on, what I already have. Yeah. And keep them quiet. And we, I'm very happy that we came up with that draw because we still yeah. haven't, we still haven't lost a game. It was Liverpool, and we expect to like draw some games against the big six. So at least it was a draw against the big six. It wasn't a Brighton and Hove Albion where we we went down a play and we were drawing one one. Um, mm. And it's just it's a good result to come out of that game. What well, Liverpool should be the upset ones coming out of that match. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Vince, any final thoughts? Honestly, on that game, I just uh, I look at those teams and I'm just thinking to myself. City was City isn't even there. Like obviously, you know, for me, City, City are, are my my favourites to win. And I, yeah. I look at I look at Chelsea and Liverpool. And I'm like, damn, you know, that's essentially where your Premier League is right now, you know. And I'm not, and and we're not even talking about the team that's currently on top, which is Tottenham. Which I, like, <laughs> I, was, I was about to say that. <laughs> I, was about, I was actually about to say that. But come on, How... Kevin said it best. It's the history of the Tottenham. We know December. You know, we know what all We don't even know December. Tottenham have their run in of hard games coming very soon, and so does West Ham. Yeah. Back to a position they belong. Yeah. <laughs> I've always said yeah, that Tottenham's issue is going to be if they keep Kane, then they better get Kane on form very, very, very quickly. Otherwise, it's going to be a, a very slippery slope 
for Nunez Plato. Actually, with that said, that is the wrap-up of the Premier League. We're going into the transfers now, starting with that Harry Kane um, chat that you're talking about. This week, he's made it official that he is staying at Tottenham for the rest of the season. Hopefully, he can start firing in those shots and helping Yu Ming Son because he's been the focal man. And also, Deli Ali has been playing really well for Spurs. Um, something that I clearly that Nuno Espirito is working on with Deli Ali because he lost a lot of confidence last season and he seems to be slowly coming back to that. But some of the other transfers I want to talk about, obviously, we've spoken about Cristiano Ronaldo. He's now back at Manchester United. His medical is complete. He's back at Manchester United. Not just him, Cristiano Ronaldo Jr. too, who also now joins Manchester. He joins now on a two-year contract, the 36-year-old. We all know what Manchester United fans were doing this weekend. Yo, yo, yo. I wish I also muted my Twitter. Yeah, I wish yeah. I did because, wow, it was too oh. much, Jeezy. Look, it, this is now not going to be a debate about who's better, Messi or Ronaldo. Um, I... I think this Ronaldo transfer is going to, and it's not because Ronaldo is a bad player. I think this transfer is going to be bad for United because it's it's it just it's a disturbing transfer for someone um, of his age to come back because no, it, it's not a, it's not about the player. It disturbs the team because you must think you must think during preseason they have an idea they try to build uh-huh. Marcus Rashford into a consistent goal scorer, Mason Greenwood into consistent goal scorer. How do we spot I mean- Jaden? into the squad when does Cavani really come on and feature how does Bruno Fernandes play up front is he going to be able to make these late runs anymore now that Ronaldo will essentially be playing a false nine um, he's taking penalties no penalties where's Paul Pogba going to fit into this creative agenda and everything it, and I was about to say about the hurricane transfer hurricane wanting to leave is going to disturb that Tottenham changing room because there's players there who aren't going to trust that he wants to be there and he now wants he's to just be there Ronaldo's mm. going to come in and he's now the main man. Even at 36, Ronaldo at 36 years old is still the main man in any squad this man walks into. And True. it's also, there's players in that United squad who, like Vince when he was listing their numbers, they're the main men in that squad. And that's why. main men in one squad with a manager who's not able many to men. tell Ronaldo absolutely nothing. <laughs> and it's just, it's just the, the same way we saw, and, and the only example I'll say is, the same way we saw that Portugal squad suffer with Bruno Fernandes not showing up is because mm. when he's no longer that main man and Ronaldo's on that pitch, it's almost like he sinks. He doesn't and, know what he doesn't know who he is. Yeah, he, he does. has no clue who he is and what he should be doing. Vince, what's your assessment of Ronaldo joining Manu again? I think it's my role and it's my responsibility when I'm on the show to absolutely disagree with Dweezy. And that's <laughs> absolutely all, disagree we are not here to go and like like absolutely well, there are things we can agree on things we don't agree on and with, when it comes to united we're never going to agree i don't think in any situation where you take a Cristiano Ronaldo and you put them and you put him in a team that that is not a positive for that team i think when you had Cavani in preseason, and essentially you were your number seven so essentially Cavani is your starting striker when he's fit and if you look at how Cavani's goals, or how, how Cavani gets his goals, I look at Ronaldo and I'm thinking to myself, you put him exactly in that Cavani position. You want him in the He won't get those. Yeah. Ronaldo that's not him. That's not where he best scores. Yeah, true. For every three chances that Cavani needs, Ronaldo only needs one. One. And so for you to go and tell me that like it disturbs the system or the change room, I say absolutely no. I say he brings a different pedigree. 
I think he, he brings us a, a different level of it, of uh, shall I say, of angst and excitement and, and and a want to do well because you know how winning mentality, is. yeah, winning something they absolutely need oh, right oh, now. Winning mentality, and and I think he not not only does he demand that of himself, he's going to absolutely demand it of the of, of his everyone players. around him. Yes, exactly. That Euro with, with Portugal when when they won it, that was not just that was not just. Taking all the other situation, they're not even getting close. You look at now his performances now when Bruno's when Bruno's weren't so great in the previous Euros. Listen, Bruno wasn't great, but Ronaldo did go and score all the goals or the most goals in that tournament. So mm. I'm looking at it. I'm seeing the the excitement that these kids have on their faces to go and play with this player. Paul Pogba, you look at it. I, I say look at it this way: when Paul Pogba plays as the Maverick for France. He is a 10 out of 10 player every day of the week, right? If you go and bring and give Paul Pogba a world-class player, such as the world-class players he has for France as well, and you go and say, my friend, feed him. Play your Maverick role, but go and feed Bye. him. And you can mm-hmm. see how excited they are. I'm saying there's not, there's absolutely no chance. There, I, 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 just, I understand his age, but there is no way I will play someone who wants to go and play a focal number nine role. We don't want him on the left. We don't want him on the right. We simply want him in the box. Can I? Left foot, right foot, headers. And we're saying, just finish. That's I right. think this is more of a symbolic transfer. I think this is far more of a symbolic transfer. And I'll, I'll easily equate it to DDA Joba coming back in like 2013 the second time yeah he came the second time a few goals. everyone was hyped about it everyone was happy to have a leader in the changing room the legend in the trading group i think the best thing he's good for is mason greenwood on the training ground so they can teach him how to fire goals in the way he should be but i just like it's this ronaldo transfer is going to do nothing i think it's extremely but symbolic you absolutely know mm. who you wanted and honestly if, if the choice was there harry kane versus ronaldo the football purist and the guy who wants you now to move forward as a club would go and choose Harry Kane. Would be Harry Kane. But, also, but yeah. I also know a lot of players that consider Cristiano Ronaldo to be the greatest player that has ever donned a United jersey. And of course, they would want him there. Yes, the first yeah. option was Kane. We get that. That Kane thing did not work out. But what a beautiful position to be in where you've just signed Cristiano Ronaldo to a two-year deal. And you mm. know that Kane is, is leaving in the next year or two at Tottenham, mm-hmm. you have the potential to get that guy. I think but, that's the best thing you could have. But Man United are talking about signing Leon Goretzka, and Man United are talking about signing other centered defensive mids of that caliber. They're always signing. They sign everyone every season. Ronaldo can score three goals in a game. The other team's going to score four just because Fred's in that midfield. And oh. they still going to lose. <laughs> what we're not doing is that. Like what we're not doing is you going and telling me. What, 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 what we're not doing is you telling me that United conceding a goal is based on one player. That's what, that's what we're not going to do. My friend, you can go and put a bin at the right back position, and I fully expect United to have the caliber of player to go and cover for that bin. Like, you are not going to do this on That's what you're not going to do. So, what you're going to do is go back home, you're going to do your homework, and you're going to come back next week, and you're going to come back with a better and argument. We're going to start right. Why United is not going to go in the league. And it's not going to start right. Turn his mic off. Let's move to the next. Turn his mic off. Well, that is the Cristiano Ronaldo transfer. We also have West Ham, who are closing in on Nikola Vlasic from CSKSK Moscow. They have put in a bit of 25 mil. Hopefully, West Ham will get that deal done after getting the Kurt Zuma done deal this past week as well, getting a Champions League winner, a man that has been a Chelsea 
Chelsea for seven years, who now moves on to the other side of London. We also have Pesita, who also signed for Al Ahli from Brighton. That deal was so under, it was so under the radar, undisclosed also. We don't know how much that Brighton sold him for, but I also believe that he actually made a good decision on his part to leave Brighton because clearly he was not going to be getting into that Graham Potter side. But another deal that seems to be stagnant and most people are talking about right now is Real Madrid's bid for Kylian Mbappe. It looks like PSG are willing to negotiate for the next two days, but it also looks like the bid might actually get to about 200,000 because right now they've already submitted a bit of 178. The second one is 180. I'm pretty sure we're going to get to about 200 mil. How do you feel about that one? Uh, <laughs> honestly, I just I just really wanted to go and see what this PSG team would have been able to go and do with all that magic. Oh, what? Breaking news. Hey, okay. breaking um, news. Apparently, the the chat is over. PSG are saying no. Nope. And I'm guessing Mbappe is going to leave of for course, free in January. One of the days where PSG was bullied. That guy, Mbappe is on a serious contract over there. And I'm sorry, but you can sulk as much as you want. But maybe they're, t- they're taking some lessons from what Daniel Levy did with, with Harry Kane. You can go isn't this, isn't this a loss, though? Why would a you loss? lose a player like Mbappe for free? He has 10 months left on his contract. He's what leaving in January. Do- the thing is, what money do PSG have to make? They, they've already paid Messi off with a week's worth of shirt sales. They've already got a man who's still pumping oil and the bank account hasn't even been quantified yet. PSG are losing no money whatsoever. They could let Mbappe go for free and be chilled. Which they, which they are. Clearly they are. Yeah. And, and I say, what I say is a serious gamble, but with, 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 with Neymar, with Messi, with Mbappe, you can mm-hmm. win the Champions League with those with, with those players, and if they do, Mbappe's hundred percent stay. That's my feel. No, but also the thing is, Vincent, we're just talking about the money. If you yeah. win this this Champions League with Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi up front, it's paid your transfer free. Let him go. Yeah. I, I still think he's going to leave. Yes. Regardless of winning or not, I still believe that he really wants to leave. So even if they do win, I think he, you know, wants to go play for Real Madrid. But it seems to me that the negotiations are over. We always thought that, you know, the transfer period closes tomorrow. We never know, man. Things happen in the middle of the night. This transfer has been one of the craziest I've seen in my lifetime. So I still believe that we are bound to get one more shock. I don't care from which team, but I'm pretty sure there's still going to be a little bit of a scandal. But also now I want to move on to... The Bafana Bafana squad, do remember that Bafana Bafana are playing the World Cup qualifiers. The first game will be on Friday against Ghana. Then they play Zimbabwe next week, Monday from the 6th of September. The 23-man squad has been announced by Hugo Ross. And now I'm just looking at the fact that, do we see ourselves qualifying for a World Cup, Vince? Uh, guys, me, I'm not even South African, so I can't even... I, I don't want to offend <laughs> people either. You know, that's like, kind of true. I just think I don't have a Honestly, uh, I support one country first. And, and, and until they qualify for their in, inaugural or first World Cup, then I... Botswana Bafana can keep on staying at the bottom. They'll go and, re- they'll go and remember their 2010. <laughs> they'll go and remember the 1996. Um, but for me, the way I see it, it's not happening. It's just not happening. But I mean, we need to have calculators as well. You know, this is Bafana Bafana. Do you actually want to bring into the conversation? Because when, you know, when the coach... (laughs) 
I hate you. I hate you so much. Oh my God. So when Hugo first took over, when Hugo first took over, he signed a five-year contract and he kept saying how this is honestly a build and, you know, he's trying to get the young boys. And looking at the squad, I mean, he's gotten a couple right, but there's also some questionable things. How do you see Bafana Bafana making it even into the World Cup? And do you see them progressing past the, the group stages? So so Bafana Bafana might, might just be very lucky with the fact that a lot of the leagues... Um, Premier League, I think Liga said it as well, and I think uh, La Liga said it too, about some players not being able to leave the clubs. Because um, of quality. And yeah. I think a lot of the African countries, unfortunately, for these qualifiers, have been red-listed purely just uh, because of the Delta variant spread mm. um, and the lack of vaccinations, um, which might be a benefit for Bafana Bafana because it means that some of the Ghanaian players might not be able Won't to come back for his qualifying. Yeah. So they're not going to have their full string side. I'm also yeah. fairly confident that this Ghanaian squad is doesn't have the players it used to. Jordan Ayu isn't a threat. Andre Ayu is not a threat. There's there's not a lot of players. I think that the, the, the top teams on the African continent right now must be the Senegalese side, must 100% mm. be the Algerians, the Moroccans, the Egyptians, and possibly it's even the not, Nigerians. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the Black Stars from Ghana feature in that conversation yet because they haven't really replaced the likes of the Kwandos, Asamoas from the back in the days um, when Asamoa Gyan was playing. They haven't really replaced those, those superstars from the start. Mm. Um, I also just think Hugo Bros is, is clever in bringing in a lot of players who aren't necessarily... We, we used to have the problem where we were just throwing the players because they were they, they were the European boys. Internationally, no. They were the most popular SA players in the PSL. You know, that's what kept yeah. him here into that squad for, for, for years after the 2010 World Cup still. Whereas now he's, he's seemingly gone and looked at players who are playing for Amazulu, who are playing for, for Kaiser Chiefs, who are playing for for entire, the entire division, almost like how the England squad selected their squad and saying, who of you look like you have the most potential to make a good squad, play well together and possibly mm. get a good result where we don't look tired on the field. And yeah. I think that the best thing he could do is those boys turning up on the day and saying, we want to play some footy today, and then put mm-hmm. in the result. Yeah. Aren't you impressed with Breezy's knowledge of football on the African continent? I literally just took a step back and I really just enjoyed this guy. Breezy is black, Joe. Why not? I never said going. You bring him into any situation. If I put it on the table now, Dweezy will just go Smiley, you name it. That's Dweezy for you. It's endorsed in any culture. All I'm saying is I'm impressed, Dweezy. Honestly, you, you, you've earned my lot of approval. Here you go, sir. Your name isn't Dweezy now, it's Daniele. There you go. <laughs> but, but, Billy, to answer your question, if Bafana makes it out of these knockouts and they make it That's to the it. World Cup, it's, we, we will, won't win a game at that World Cup. There's no chance. We are there for the numbers. No, we we there we there for the upset. We we need to be that upset at the World Cup. We the North Korea at the 2010 World Cup. That's what we are. Well, you heard it here on Touchline. Those are the fixtures. Zimbabwe versus South Africa on the 3rd of September. That is Friday. That game kicks off at the National Sports Stadium in Harare at 3 p.m. And then on Monday, we have the FNB leg of it with Zimbabwe. That game will kick off at 6 p.m. And this past weekend, we also had the MTN8 semifinals, the first legs. Both those teams are square off. Golden Arrows and Sundowns scoring one goal each. And then Supersport as well as, well, 
Cape Town City, rather, I'm so sorry, and Morocco Swallows, that is nil all. The second legs will take place on the 28th of September, as well as the 29th of September. We'll see how that one pans out. And to wrap up the show here tonight, we do have Vince underscore underscore 92, who will be talking about the Fantasy Premier League. <laughs> can I get a scope of, of, of who's are you playing Dweezy by the way yeah yeah I'm in I'm in I'm in pause it right there Mike hey, I, I, I see people at 75 and the thing is I know I know quite a couple of these people so people are obviously going to get to oh Miss Alexander Arnold got a good 70 points she was pestering me this weekend telling me how well Michael hey, Jason Dubé Brendan Zietzman I don't know if you made a if you made a team with his girlfriend, but uh, you know, those two are Kyle Johnson, I know the boy. Listen, like the, this 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 league has gathered gathered some some delicious space. Um mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's end of August right now. So I'm gonna give it to end of September. And I think we should do like a a, a mid-season giveaway. We should do a we should do a small uh, a shirt giveaway just to, to to keep the to keep the to, to keep the hunger alive. So Mm-hmm. We're going to do a jersey giveaway end of September to whoever's on top. And obviously, the jersey at the so, end of the season. So, do I play my wild card now to get to the top? Because I, I really do, think I need to play my wild card. You want, but just remember that the, the, the prize at the end of the season might just be greater than the one to start at, at the beginning of the season. So, you never on. know. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but that's what is about you take all those <laughs> risks Dweezy. i mean it in, man. we want to see it is the international break right now go look at your team fix it up a little bit and come yeah. back stronger <laughs> I, I, I would assume that the star players right now obviously the, the your normal players you know the the kevin de bruyne's mo salah would have done really really well this week um this this week well really really well isn't really really well but I've seen that obviously in terms of midfielders, Pogba's still up there in terms of four, mm. four assists or five assists. Bruno Fernandes pretty much up there based on his hat trick on the opening game week of the season. But as you know, teams start to gather momentum, I expect you know teams also I say the players that we've always known to start you know coming to the fold. We know Man mm. City players are always going to go and generate a great return. They're doing incredibly well in terms of keeping the clean sheets as well. But can you trust Pep rotation? Especially now with the, the lack of Champions League games and everything else, sort, who knows? Um, but yeah, we'll keep on visiting this topic every single week. And that is how we're going to wrap up Touchline here tonight. It is international break, so we'll be talking about all the internationals that are juicy. And enough to mention, do remember that Bafana Bafana are also in action Friday. 3 p.m. as well as next week Monday 6 p.m. My name is Warbegi Poko. That is Vince underscore underscore 92 as well as Dweezy Original. From us here at the Touchline, follow us on all social media platforms. That is Touchline Essay on Instagram as well as Touchline Essay on Twitter. Until next time. <laughs>